Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. We're kind of in the middle of just a little short series on the gifts of the Spirit. The, the approach that I'm taking with the gifts, one of the things that I love to do is demystify mystical issues. And to me, I make a differentiation between mystical and spiritual. Mystical is, you know, it, it, it's kind of that realm where you, there's a little bit of confusion there. You're not really sure. There's mystery. I, and I'm not saying that mystery is bad because how in the world could we know everything about God? And I, my goal is not to put everything in a box about spiritual matters. But what I want to do is root us in a firm expectation to experience this amazing spiritual relationship that we have with God. We want to experience the fruits of the Spirit. We want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. We want to experience all the benefits of the life that we have co-laboring with the Spirit of God, right? So, so we are witnesses. In fact, that's why one of the things that God said, He said, I will put my Spirit in you. And you guys know on Pentecost, if you're familiar with that story, on the day of Pentecost, so 50 days after Jesus resurrected, uh, when the Spirit fell, there's a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, they all had tongues of fire resting upon them. And what that, I mean, that, 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 that means a lot of things, but one of the big things that it means is God was now identifying His new temple. Because every time a new temple was dedicated and sacrifices would then, from then on, happen within the temple... God's fire would rest upon that place, and certain times a year they would do certain types of sacrifices, and His presence would come down and, and receive the offering and the sacrifice that was the blood of goats and bulls and would be for a temporary thing. Now we have the everlasting, never-ending, eternal blood of Christ on that heavenly holy of holies testifying of your righteousness. Amen? And I've said this before, but that, I think that was an actual event. I think Jesus did collect His blood because the life is in the blood. That was what was going on. A big part of the cross was exchanging lives, Him becoming our sin so that we could take upon ourselves His righteousness and not just wear it, but become righteousness. So the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is because of that shed blood, right? <clears throat> and I, I, I'm telling you, when I get there, I want to see my mom and my dad and a few other people. But I want to go to that heavenly holy of holies, and I want to see that place where he sprinkled his blood in that place. I think it's still there. And if you're unfamiliar with that, you know, when Jesus, it says he collected his blood, he came up out of the grave. And then in Hebrews, it talks about he entered into that heavenly holy of holies, not with the blood of goats and bulls, but with his own blood to, for the remission of your sin. And... and I don't understand all of that, but what I do know is that His eternal life blood is a testimony of your righteousness with the Father. Amen? I want to go there and I want to see that and, and, and just sit there and stare at it for about a thousand years. <laughs> but, you know, so, so 
when we think about spiritual matters, and depending on your background, you know, we have a lot of people that are that were out of denominational backgrounds that are looking for a little bit more spiritually expressive uh, uh, faith expression, and then we have people that came out of charismatic crazy and are kind of looking for a little bit more rooted foundation, a little bit more grounded in the word expression. And I'm not slamming either one of those, and I'm not saying we got it all figured out. It's not like we're the perfect church. I'm, I'm just saying we tend to kind of have a, well, you get it. Anyway, let me keep going. But I, I, want, I want walking with the Spirit to be normal. I don't want it to be weird. And I don't want it to be mystical in terms of um, confusing and a little bit nebulous and you're not really sure. Adam, bring me down just a hair. It's kind of ringing. Um, are you with me? I think there's a consistency to the Spirit of God. And I'm not saying that you got him in a box or that you can put him in a box, but I think we can eliminate a lot of the, the confusion that comes along with that, especially with the gifts, especially with the more revelatory gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, those types of things, you know, and with healing. I mean, we, we, we got to get better at this healing stuff. I mean, Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do. And he gave us his spirit, his power is inside of us to be able to walk and move and minister like he did. Amen. But I think what we've seen is we've seen a, a culture within the church that elevates the gifts above love. And so if, you, if I could give you a benchmark for today's message, uh, maybe it's even a port. Do they have portly benchmarks? <laughs> like this is a big benchmark. <laughs> Uh, that is that um, love is the greatest gift. And I'll, I'll, you know, we'll walk through that here in just a little bit. In fact, love is the most effective spiritual gift that you can walk in. And in fact, if you are not first and foremost walking in the grace of love, then nothing else you do matters. It's, it's as if you take a broken symbol and a hammer and stand in front of the person that you're trying to give a word to and smash that symbol. And it's like, I don't even want to hear it. Turn it off if it's not love. Love is powerful. Love's got to be our motivation. It was, it was Jesus' love. God, Jesus was moved with compassion. And we've talked about that. It's this, it's this guttural, you got to do something, right? When this type of movement comes on you, you got to take action, if you know what I'm saying. I gotta go. I, we gotta go. I can't. I can't not do something. Something's gotta move, and that's the word that's used in that. And so Jesus was moved, compelled with compassion. He just he had to act upon it. He couldn't stop himself. So so love being the motivation, it then becomes the the environment in which the spirit manifests as fruits for you and gifts for others. In fact, I, I think we've done a disservice to the body of Christ by kind of isolating the gifts, preaching the gifts as if they're single, one-off abilities in terms of you have this gift, you have this gift, you have that gift. We're going to read. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture, uh, but I kind of wanted to set the stage ahead of time. But here, the way that I see it is, the spirit of the living God is inside of every believer. In full. 
and you are complete in him, you lack nothing. Say, I'm complete in Christ. I lack nothing. I have the anointing of Jesus. So you don't need somebody else's anointing. You don't need a former father of the churches or a revivalist's anointing that maybe his mantle fell off as he was ascending to heaven and then you go pick it up and put somebody else's mantle on. I'm just telling you, that's the weird charismatic stuff that we got to walk away from. That is unbiblical. It's not even the way it was under the old covenant. Now under the new covenant, there's one anointing, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everything that God will do in your life is a, is a manifestation of that spirit, that anointing that abides within you. Amen? And that's your teacher. The rest of it is just us putting on the reality that that's who we are in Him. So, so demystifying the gifts then really becomes more about, okay, I'm recognizing that the Spirit is in me, and so whatever situation that I'm in, the Spirit will manifest according to the will of God to uh, reflect a capacity, an ability, a traditional the word that may, we might call gift. Uh, most of the time when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, especially in the big list in 1 Corinthians 12, it's the, it's the, the Greek word charisma, which is the root of, uh, or an expression of the root word charis, charis being grace. So really, more accurately, it should be graces of the Spirit. And a grace of the Spirit, which then you got to get grace and mercy in the right place, Mercy is forgiveness. Mercy is, you know, I said it this way the other day, and mercy is what you need after you sin. Grace is what you can operate in before you sin. Grace and mercy are not the same thing. Mercy is you don't deserve forgiveness, but I'm going to forgive you, and I'm not going to hold against you your failure. Grace is power. It's enablement. It's strength. It's, it's what's described in Ephesians 3, this power that works in us, right? So, all of the gifts are manifestations of the Spirit that lives in you. They're not your abilities. Amen? Paradoxically, you got to lean into it. So, in other words, it's not just, God's not just sovereignly making you do things and sovereignly displaying a particular capacity or grace through you. You, you got to lean into it. You got to want to see that gift. And that's what we're going to see as we read through these passages. Uh, Paul uh, and Peter are constantly saying, this is, this is some doctrine about the gifts, but use them. You know, he doesn't use the phraseology lean into it, but that's what, that's what makes sense to me is lean into it, you know. So we, as a body here, and I said this, you know, a few weeks ago, but uh, we we, we want to grow. We are op open to guests coming in and, you know, test the waters. We want you to be here. We want you here. We want a chance to love on you and to disciple you and be a blessing to you. But I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking over our heads here to try to just, you know, be a seeker sensitive or just try to grow. I want to speak to those that are rooted, uh, and I'm speaking to the guests as well. I'm not trying to make a draw a line in the sand between guests and locals. I'm just saying, I'm not. I look at you guys as people that are ready 
to touch the world that are here. You're living your life on mission. We're all at various degrees of faith. We're all at various degrees of Christian service, but we're committed. You know, there, there's a difference between us and a lot of the world out there. Us being the people, mostly in this room, um, and usually we mostly minister to believers. I'm believing that we'll have that opportunity to be more evangelistic and reach the lost as well. We do mostly online, but all that to say, man, I'm kind of rambling. <laughs> I think you get what I'm saying. To me, this is a body of people. You're serious about your faith. You want to dig in. You want to be changed by God, and you want to make a difference in the world. You want to touch your neighbors. You want to touch your community. You want to get equipped. Amen? So we take operating in the gift seriously, but, but I want it to be in such a way where it's not confusing and mystical and you're wondering what he's doing, what he's not doing, what does that image mean, and what is this and that. And that takes time. It takes you got to practice. you got to develop it, right? But there are parameters to operate within those gifts. And last week, we looked specifically about the gift of prophecy. So let me go ahead and jump in here. Um, Christine, if you'll follow me back there. So this is just a slight recap of last week. I gave you some homework. Read 1 Corinthians. It's the same homework this week. You get the same homework assignment three weeks in a row. Well, I'll just nuance it each week. But Read 1 Corinthians. If you didn't get a chance to read 1 Corinthians last week, read it this week. And pay attention to mentions of the Spirit. What's the Spirit doing? How am I to engage with the Spirit? How do I live with the Spirit? What is the will of the Spirit? Specifically, when you get over to chapters 12, 13, and 14 that are all about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to read a large portion of 12 today. But again, not to try to become some kind of person that now does the gifts, but to actually demystify it, clear out a lot of the confusion, clear out a lot of the pressure, frame it through love, frame it in a perspective that just kind of gives you more boundaries than kind of this, I got to do this thing right. It's more about this is, it's a pretty open field uh, so if I don't know exactly, I at least know if I stay within these parameters, I'm going to be in some way expressing the desire of God for this person or whatever the situation is. And then it becomes more uh, familiar to you. It beca you become more confident in expressing. So, I, all right, let me keep. So th this is a little bit of review. Now, th part of your homework assignment after reading 1 Corinthians or while you're reading it was pay attention to the mentions of the gifts and just see which ones seem interesting to you. See which ones, check out which ones you would like to see operating in your life. Not, okay, now I got to do this or any pressure that comes along with it, but just read it, almost like a discovery. Look at it. Many of you know, many of you operate in different capacities. Uh, in the gifts and, and have and, and continue to do so. And, and uh, you know, I just want to stir it up. There's, there's been a few words. Um, like, so like Sarah, my wife Sarah, last week brought the word, come ready. Come ready. In other words, 
you know, don't slide into church or life even exhausted, worn out, burned out. If that's how you come, come and we'll build you up. But in terms of choosing to follow God, man, come ready. Step into every life situation, having spent that time with the Lord, stirred up the gifts so that you're ready. You're ready to be a blessing. I love the way that you said that, Mike, this morning. We, you know, we want to be a blessing. That's what we would do. I want to, we want to stir it up. We want to build you up. And then you go out of here open to love people and let the Spirit manifest through you everything He would desire to do, but you're collaborating with Him. You're not, okay, now I'm going to do this gift. I'm going to do this gift today. I want to do this gift. It's like, no, it's not the way it works. It's, you know who you are in Christ. I'm committed to love people. And as I love, these manifestations happen, right? But you got to lean into it. And over and over and over, we're admonished to desire the gifts, desire the gift of prophecy. Don't despise it, desire it. So, the home part of the homework was kind of create a sketch. If the gift of prophecy is something that you really desire to operate in, create a sketch of what new covenant prophecy looks like. And this was this was my homework assignment that I did, and I'll just give you the example. And we'll put this out this week in the email. If you don't get our emails, you can go to forward.church and click on connect at the top, and we're sending out weekly emails. Pretty consistent now with our application video that goes along with the sermon video. So here we go. You ready? This one starts. It's the ones at the top. The the nature of prophecy. You can go ahead. Yep. So the nature of pro and th these are if you all of this came out of what I taught last week. So if you want to go back and listen to that message, prophecy in the new covenant. So the nature of prophecy is to testify of Jesus. We are witnesses for God and the Holy Spirit is also a witness for God. And the Holy Spirit wants to witness through you. So prophecy is when the Holy Spirit bears witness of God through us. That's Revelation 19.10. Testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So the, nature of, the nature of prophecy is to testify of Jesus. The nature of prophecy is not... Well, I don't want to... Say, keep going. Keep going. Okay, thank you. Prophecy will make known to you what is already yours as a joint heir with Jesus. It should always lift you up, build up, and encourage. It should point to the finished work of Christ and your complete salvation. There's a very specific aspect of the definition of prophecy that says it affirms salvation. Uh, so it will create a vision of the future that causes you to experience God's kingdom promises or God's promises and His kingdom. It can teach, correct, or admonish. It might predict the future. It's often delivered in poetic prose using heavenly descriptive language. It'll never leave you confused or afraid. It should leave you full of hope with a sense of responsibility to walk in faith. Now, that was how I kind of built all of the mentions of prophecy within the New Covenant into a paragraph. Just looking at all the points that are mentioned, looking up the definitions of, the, of prophecy, looking at the definition of the word prophet, which we did a lot of that last week. So that's the kind of the sketch that I made. And we're doing this a little bit in reverse because now I want to talk about the gifts in general. So here we go. Uh, 
To me, the gifts are in alignment with this passage. This is not, you don't have this, but in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or think or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So I want, that's, that's, a real, that's a major point that I want you to get. Operating in the gifts, it's his power. It's his ability. And it's a manifestation of his will. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. It's not your flesh working it up. However, you do need to be in alignment in your mind and in your heart so that you don't pervert or twist or splinter what God is trying to do through you. And it's almost as this is how I see the gifts as well. You guys familiar with, familiar with prisms? You know, the, the, you can think of the uh, Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon cover. <laughs> it's got the clear white light coming into the prism, and then, and then the light is bent and splintered out into the colors of what we call the rainbow, right? Uh, to me, that's the Holy Spirit. The perfect white light of God is in you. And depending on how you uh, are responding to Him and how He would lead you, you might reflect a different spectrum within that, a, a different facet within that broader spectrum of light. Some of you may reflect more red. Some of you may reflect more green, maybe corresponding with gifts. But it's the same light. It's the same power. It's the same spirit. And every person having the capacity to reflect every aspect. And I think that uh, 1 Corinthians really verifies that. So to put some scripture on that, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm reading out of the NIV today. I don't really love the NIV. The reason I'm using it today is because I'm not really trying to make doctrinal points. We're looking more, I just kind of want it to be kind of plain English so it's clear. But all right, so 1 Corinthians 12, we're just going to read 4 through 13. So, uh, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts. And remember, that word gifts is the word grace or graces. Uh, and when you think of that, think of Ephesians 3.20, according to his power that works in you. That's what we're talking about. So, and, and I'm making that point because I don't want you out there trying to figure out how to do it. The work to display the gifts is to be in alignment with God's heart for people, which is to love them. And then you just trust what comes up out of that. Uh, so there are different kinds of gifts. but the, Now pay attention to how deliberate he is to make the point that it's one spirit. Uh, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of spirit. Uh, ser, <laughs> there are different kinds of service. So gifts are service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working. But in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. So three, right there, three times he affirms it's the same Spirit, same Spirit, same Lord, same God. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given or expressed through. Now, the language kind of seems to indicate individualized abilities as if you have something that you don't. But I think that that's just the poor translation from Greek to English because he's clear to say it's just manifestations of the same spirit. So we're not, so, so we focus on the ability rather than the spirit. And as we'll say, so by the way, how many gifts are there? I like that. Nine, at least nine, because there's more than nine. Um, 
there's nine here, but as we'll see, there's more. So, what verse were we on? Eight, seven, I'll read seven again. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse eight, uh, to one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge. And we saw that this morning, you know. I'm bringing a teaching. One brought a word of encouragement. One, Some people brought song, you know, the body working together. Uh, to another message of knowledge by, the, by means of the same Spirit. It was like same Spirit. He's just very clear to say same Spirit. To another faith, faith being a gift, a grace uh, by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, uh, to another speaking in different tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of the tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. To me, the distribution is not about you get one, you get this one, you don't get that one, but you get that one. It's, it's not, that's not the distribution that we should understand. The distribution is, as a body, because we want all of them active, I'm wanting you today to operate in this one, and you in this one, and you in this one, and you in this one. And those roles might change in reverse in different times, right? So as a collective body, if you look at all of us, you guys ever seen those pictures of forests where the trees' root systems are all intertwined and they actually share nutrients? Like, that actually happens. I think mushrooms are kind of one of the largest underground networks on the planet. I think the largest living organism is a forest because uh, it, it, they, they, their roots, they don't go just deep individually. They, there is a taproot, but the roots go in and spread out. And you look at a forest, and if you could see underground, there's a, there's a bunch of that connects underneath, and they'll even share nutrients to get... You know, they're doing testing now. You're a biology. you got a biology degree. You could probably explain this better, but, that you know, you, you get the point. That's us, right? It's the same spirit cropping up as this within you, as this within you, as this within you, as this within you. But it's the same spirit that we all have access to. Don't ever minimize your place. Don't ever minimize and pigeonhole yourself thinking I'm just this. Now, that's not to put pressure on you that you got to do everything because you don't. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. When you confidently know how God would lead you to flow within the body and within the world. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, there's so much peace in knowing that if God were to appear in front of you and speak to you, you're clear on how he would lead you to operate within the body, within your work. You know, there might be some people that operate in one gift or office in the body, in church, that operate in a different place, in different role in your workplace. And, and to know that, to know Him, to, to, to be open, to lead, all motivated by love. Again, we're not making this about doing the stuff, doing the gifts. It's, I'm going to be motivated by love so that as I'm looking at people, and if I do desire the gifts, I'm going to open my heart to, for the Spirit to manifest. But it's about, it's about love first. So, all right. Verse 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We are all given the one Spirit to drink. Okay, so there's nine gifts there. 
I'm going to break these down just a little bit. Actually, we're going to skip down to verse 28. So that was from 13 down to 28. So how many gifts was that? That was nine. Then we'll skip down to 28, and we're still in the NIV. Um, and God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping. Say helping. helping. One more time. Helping. helping. How many of you can help? You can flow in the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, helping oftentimes opens the door for the others. I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them. Not codependently, not getting them dependent on you, not doing for them what they should do for themselves, you know, all that in place, but I'm going to help. Can you help? I feel like, like this light we're all just floating all of a sudden. It's like, oh, yeah, that's easier than I thought. I want us to think about all the other gifts like we think about helping. Oh, it's pretty easy. You know, I can do that. that that's really easy and light. Flowing with Him, motivated by love, willing to lean into it, whatever that might look like. God's not just going to make it happen through you. You have to co-labor with Him in the moment. And I'm not just talking about prophecy and words of wisdom. I'm not, I'm not trying to send us out on a search party to find people to give words to. I'm, I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to demystify the fact that you've got the power of God living on the inside of you to be a blessing to people. And if you don't know how to do all the other stuff, love them and help them. And then, if a scripture pops up in your mind while you're helping them, hey, I just think about this passage. Does this mean anything to you? Oh my gosh, I was reading that just yesterday. Oh man, that's exactly what I'm going through. Man, I really needed to hear that. Really? Well, can I pray for you? Yeah. Oh my goodness, my cancer's gone from loving and helping. Helping. Of, of guidance, which in another translation is the word administrations. Everybody's thankful for Adam and the spiritual gift of administration. He's over there. Verse 31, let this sink in. That would have been great if Robin would have walked in with a sink right then. Let this sink in. Verse 31, now eagerly, say eagerly, eagerly. desire the greater gifts, and yet... I'll show you the most excellent way. I guess Bill and Ted wrote this version here. <laughs> most excellent. 
Or in other translations, it says a greater way or a better way. And then, and then so here's part of your homework nuance for this week, because that's the last verse in 12. And, you know, it reads like a letter, which goes right into 13. And then he describes what love is all about. So the greater way, the better way, the most excellent way is love. And that's the chapter where he says, if I can speak in tongues of men and angels and if I can prophesy, but I have no love, then I'm like a clanging symbol. Go read 1 Corinthians 13. If you want to flow in the gifts, read 1 Corinthians 13. Commit to memory uh, the components of what mature spiritual love is and do that toward people, help them, and then just keep your heart open. No, nobody can teach you how to flow in the gifts. We can just create the environment, stir it up, the passion, because we see here, right there, he says in verse 31, if you want to put that back up, eagerly desire. How many of you eagerly desire to see people healed when you pray for them? To be able to give somebody a word that paints a kingdom future expectation for them that draws them into life and hope where they're sitting in death and darkness. That's what prophecy does. It gets people to look up and look beyond what they're looking at, either for a solution specifically or just, hey, get out of your thinking here and look this way. Hope. Hope is the confident expectation of good things. You're painting a picture of hope, but the brushstrokes are made up of things that Jesus already paid for for them. Because he said that, G, that he'll, you know, when the Spirit comes, he'll testify. He'll take of what is mine and make it known to you. And by the way, everything's mine. You want some more gifts? Romans 12, still in IV, 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Say, then prophesy. Look what he's doing here. If you say this is your gift, then bring it. What are you sitting there for? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Uh, if that's your gift, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Verse 7, if it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching then teach. I hope this is revelation because a lot of people are sitting there waiting. What are you waiting on? Really? And I'm not talking about playing church. You know, I'm not talking about walking up here and grabbing the microphone, although if that's part of how you are to operate, then do that as well. But in your life, what are you waiting on? If it's to encourage, verse 8, if it's to encourage. If it's giving. If it's, lead, if it's to lead, then lead. Do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So he says uh, different gifts, and then this is a different set of gifts. But it's the same spirit. Still prophecy, still teaching, all that, but encouragement, 
giving, teaching, leading, showing mercy. Showing mercy is a spiritual gift. In other words, it's a manifestation of the Spirit of God within you. I'm just kind of giving some room here to think things through. Ephesians 4, 8, 8, and then 11 through 13. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to people. Now, this is a different word, gift. This is kind of a traditional idea of a gift. In other words, this is a, this is a thing that I'm giving. And I think that has more to do with the offices. And so this is what it is. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And oh my goodness, have we not all seen a bunch of weird stuff based around that? Manipulation, control, submit to me, honor me even though I'm a jerk, honor me even though I don't care about you. Ugh. And people leave the church in droves over that kind of stuff. Don't they? I mean, you know, can I just be honest? And I'm not trying to attack the church. I just want to make it clear so we don't do that stuff. The, uh, the fivefold, as we would traditionally call it, are not positions of authority over one another. They are offices. They're, job, they're basically jobs. They're job descriptions. So the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the one that shows mercy, the one that gives, the one that cleans the toilets, the ones that vacuums the floors, the one that wipes the baby's butts, all same level of anointing and not one over the other. Just so you know, I, as the pastor of this church, am not your spiritual covering. The Spirit of the living God is your spiritual covering. Amen? Now, we are submitted to one another. There's accountability that we walk in toward one another. I'm called as a leader, then I should lead, but that's not from an authoritative position over you. That, 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 I'm, that, you can't find that anywhere in the New Covenant, but yet you see it all the time, don't you? And it's hurtful. It's, it's damaging. Um, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. Well, that's got to be by the Spirit right there. My goodness, till we all reach unity in the faith? I don't even know what that looks like. But he's working on it. Uh, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One more, one more section. Now, Peter's got a list, kind of. But I just wanted to put it in there. First Peter 4, 10 and 11, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. The gift is about serving. Whatever gift you desire to operate in, it's about serving. It's not about lordship. It's not about exercising. It's, you know, uh, as a faithful stewards of God's grace. So we're stewarding. To operate in the gift is to steward God's grace within um, in, in, in its various forms. So now then he kind of goes through. If any, This is verse 11. This is Peter. If anyone speaks, guess what they should do? You should speak the very words of God. If anyone serves, guess what you should do? Are you getting a theme here? Like, here's the gifts. Do them! 
do it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't reminded me. <laughs> Thank you, Shia LaBeouf, for that ever-living, evergreen content. Anyway. <laughs> you know, because we hear it's popular in these circles, we'll do the stuff. And I get that. I understand that. But that's, that's kind of almost like, we don't, let's not, yeah, we heard the gospel. We heard that identity. Yeah, yeah, but we want to do the stuff. And as if, as if doing the stuff, the miracles and the this and the that is the higher things. But what I think he's doing is he's encouraging, don't sit on your gift. Quit sitting on your gift. And that, that's what church is for, is to practice. It's to stir it up. It's to encourage one another. It's to ask each other questions and learn and grow and disciple and iron sharpening iron. Because the world out there is trying to move the benchmarks, right? I mean, morally, culturally, sexually. And, and, and it's not that we're fighting a cultural battle. We're trying to declare a victorious spiritual kingdom, which will then shape culture when engaged properly. So the battle is not to be fought on the level of culture. The battle is to be declared at a spiritual level, right? And, and, and walking in love, helping people, showing mercy, genuinely, like I, this is the way that I see it. If you see somebody that just really, I mean, you don't see that there's any way that they could change. They're pushing all your buttons, and it, and it violates your conscience, and it even triggers trauma from your past of whatever kind of perversion is out there. If you can then put on the Spirit of God and look at that person and find a place of compassion and love for that person, recognizing that Jesus died for them, then you're getting close to being ready to make a difference in their life. Because the people out there are looking for something real. I don't know if you guys know who Joe Rogan is. Joe Rogan's a popular podcaster. And uh, he just had a guy on, I think his name is Stephen Meyer. Stephen Meyer is a Christian. And he articulately articulates uh, creation evidence. And, you know, Rogan's a fighter. And what that guy's doing is he's smashing everything to see what'll stand. And it, you watch him, he looks like he's searching, he's searching, and he's looking for something that'll stand the test of his punch, you know. And this guy's doing a great job. I'm only about a third or third of the way through it, but I look forward to listening to the rest of it. Um, but if, if it's in you, do it. And trust me, it's in you. Now, something that I enjoy and that I love is to, you know, just give opportunity or, or, or have discussions about what it looks like for you. And, and, and again, ministry is not where you quit your job and now you are in the ministry. You know, that's, that's kind of an old model that I think got imposed in a lot of people's mindsets. I don't want you to quit your job. You know, I want, I want you out there flowing in this stuff, showing up to work ready, like what um, Sarah said. And then I forget exactly how you said it, Stacy. where'd she go? It was, very, it was a very similar thing. So there's a slide there about leaning into. This is what I want to leave you with. Did, did you feel a sense of lightness when we looked at the gift helping? Remember that. 
Remember, the, the next time you have the opportunity to display a gift or you start feeling the pressure, because here's what happens. Uh, most of us believe the gifts are for today, but we've seen a lot of weirdness. And even the people that don't believe the gifts are for today, but still believe that God is a healer and can heal. So at least we have that in agreement, right? And we've seen just so much stuff. And even in our own lives, <clears throat> we've desired to walk in these things. We've desired to function in these roles. But, and sometimes we do it, and sometimes we don't. And a lot of times life happens, and you're busy managing this, and you get your finances, and you get your taxes, and you get your kids, and you get your job, and you're worried about the this. And da, da, da. Next thing you know, it's like there's just no room to try something else that you failed at so many times before, i.e. trying to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, right? We've all done it. I mean, both of my parents passed away from cancer, and I sat there by their bedsides praying for them, 100% knowing that the power that is in me through Christ is able to eradicate this cancer from their bodies. I don't for one second question if God wanted them well. I know 100% if Jesus had manifested in that room, put his hand on them, guess what would happen? And that's in us. Now, I don't feel bad for me because I'm not taking some you know, sense of responsibility that's causing depression or anything like that. I'm just looking at it like, man, God, I wish we were better at this stuff because we have the capacity within us. But don't go out of here feeling like, now i got to do the gifts and it's, i got to figure out how to heal people. It's His power, it's His Spirit, it's His manifestation. And as lightly as you felt about helping people, we should feel about all the other ones as well. It's His will. It's His desire. We know that because Jesus displayed it. Jesus is the perfect representation of the invisible God. You want to know what God's like? You want to know what God's will is? Look at Jesus. And how did He treat people? And in every situation and in every opportunity, what did He do? He displayed the will of God fully, 100%. But it's easy. Say easy and light. Easy and light. So kind of recall helping. That's my motivation. Love and help. And then I'm going to lean into it a little bit more. Not to try to get the spirit. Not to try to get more. But already, it's already in me. I'm already. It's there. I'm just going to lean into it. Amen. Amen. So let's step up. Let's stand up, if you would. And. Everybody, lean to the right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sometimes you can do a little prophetic, silly little act like that, and it just reminds you, you know. But when you think about loving people, think about that. I'm gonna lean in a little bit. I'm just going to lean in. You know, maybe I'm not going to lean in, and, and, and I'm going I'm to see them a little bit more. I see you. I, I, I have compassion for you. Cultivate compassion for people. And lean into it. And let's just see what happens. Do your homework, go back, read 1 Corinthians, look at the spiritual things that are mentioned in there, look at the gifts, frame up what it looks like for you, and then maybe even sit and meditate a little bit on watching yourself powerful in the moment when you're ministering to people. Because who else is going to do it? I mean, you got people like Sean Foyt out there. You guys know who Sean Foyt is, the guy that is just out there ministering, you know, like crazy, and, and uh, you know... 
Oh, that's the other point. Can can I give you two more minutes? Don't don't burden yourself by delusions of grandeur. Are you with me? You, you don't have to save the world. Man, I'm telling you, social media has put us in a position of we're all going to be superstars. What? Probably not. Probably not. Most people are never going to know who you are. And that's okay. Your life, your family, your world, your co-workers, your clerks, your family. Hmm? Neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. That, that, that's, got, that's the scope of the vision. Don't sit there and burden yourself with thinking that this gigantic thing's got to happen. Amen? I mean, look at Will back there. He's back there helping people cut down trees this morning. That's why he's late. We give you a pass. <laughs> You're leaning into it. That's right. Amen. <laughs> a tree fell. You helped your neighbors this morning. That's awesome. And so even in an opportunity like that, as you're working that chainsaw, sweat coming down your brow, pay attention. What's the next opportunity here? Do you see it? Yeah. Father, we, we thank you. We are co-laborers with your spirit in this earth. We are witnesses of Christ. We are declaring the victory of your kingdom and the salvation that is available by grace through faith. We are, we are uh, on mission to go into the world and declare to people, God is no longer holding your trespasses against you. It's safe to come to Him, to know Him. And let me be a witness. Let my life be a witness. Just say that. May my life be a witness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're in the room or you're watching today, that last slide that's kind of a salvation slide there, if you would, and you want to make that decision today for the first time or if you're online, yeah, the next one. Let's just all read this together. <clears throat> I believe God sent... Sorry, sorry, start over. That was my fault. All right, one, two, three, read. I believe God sent Jesus to save me. Jesus became my sin on the cross so I can be righteous through Him. He was judged and punished for my sin. He died in my place. He was resurrected from the dead. He ascended to God. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I am now forgiven and made holy. I receive your spirit to be a witness. I yield to the full power of your spirit that now lives in me. Amen. 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 And if you said that and mean those things for the first time today and you're in the room as our prayer team is up here, come let one of them know. We have a gift for you. If you're watching online, reach out and let us know. Amen. Easy and light, walk out of here, twinkle toes floating on the air, go love and help people. Amen? Amen. All right. Love you guys.